Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host for The Lighthearted Life. Our topic today is how can we dig down to be able to show up as bravely and as authentically as possible. And we have an amazing guest to help us take that all apart and talk about it. Um, Our leading man today is Nick Camry, and he is a children's book author and illustrator with messages that resonate not only for kids, but for grown-up kids, too. Good morning, Nick. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you so much for letting me share this space with you. I am so excited to have you on. So, listeners, Nick has, in the last year, he's uh, prolific. Um, He has uh, written, illustrated, and produced three amazing children's books under the, it's not, is it a tagline or the imprimatur of unknownables? What what is unknownables, Nick? Right. So Unknownimals is actually a merging of unknown animals. And the children's book series that I've created focuses on cryptid animals. So you, that term is probably confusing for people that aren't aware. But basically that means Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, all of those like mythical animals that um, it's, you know, up to debate whether they exist or not. Of course, in our books they do. Um, and there's just various reasons why they haven't been found. But um, instead of using the term cryptid, I wanted to create an umbrella brand that could encompass basically what that means, which is unknown animals that are yet to be discovered. I love that. Let's dive right into this because the books are they're, and they're beautifully illustrated the, with the colors. And I especially love what you did with the, the backgrounds, the skies and, and things like that. And so – his first book that um, came out earlier last year is called Betty the Yeti, Where Are You? And what I love about this book is it talks about, um, like, believing in the unseen. It's powerful believing in things that aren't necessarily right in front of our eyes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I think that that message resonates on a lot of different levels for me. Um, Mostly, I think that for everyone, what I'm trying to get across is that um, it's important to keep believing in things, even if you haven't seen those things come to light. So in the case of Betty, the storyline is about a vacationing Yeti that is constantly not where people expect her to be because they're looking for and they can't find her because she's out on vacation. So in the first book, she's uh, on an island vacation and they're looking for her in her normal places that she would be in the mountains, but they can't find her because she's having a good time in Hawaii. Um, But (laughs) the message there, (laughs) at the end of the book, she says, uh, keep searching for me, even if you don't find me, because it's important to believe in the things, you know, even if they haven't been seen yet. So what I want a child to absorb when they're reading that is that there's so much that's possible. 
and that like the essence of life, I guess, is that possibility and that it's important to believe in things on all levels, even if you haven't seen active examples of those things, because our kids are the future. So it's really important for them to believe in the possibility of the future. Nick, I love, love, love that. That is amazing. <laughs> and it is. I mean, even as grown-ups, right, we still struggle, or not still, more. We struggle more as grown-ups with the concept of believing in something that you can't see. Um, we, want, we want proof, all the proof positive, before we will go out on a limb and say we believe this or that. And this, this simple sweetness of the story helps all of us to think, you know, it's brave. It's brave to believe in things. And I know that bravery is really like a through line for um, all of your books. In what ways have you had to be brave in your life? Yeah, so um, as an adult now, I have really absorbed the lesson that bravery and courage and showing up as authentic as possible daily is like the essential component to a full life. Um, I would say that I have learned to be brave because um, I grew I I am, came out um, at a young age as gay in a very small town. And um, mm-hmm. I had to learn a lot about um, being tough in that scenario, but also just, I really feel like, when I came out at that young age, everyone was trying to identify me, and there's a lot of, you know, adversity in that stage. I kind of built up a lot of these walls around myself and kind of hid that younger version of me away. Uh, grew up, went to college, got a lot of experiences that showed me that I didn't really need to be as guarded as I was and that it's more brave to just show up as the same person in every scenario and not really have it matter how people receive you, but you're kind of doing it for the other people that are locked away that need to see an active example of what it means to just be out there. You know, of course, there's mm-hmm. some limits to that, right? I don't mean, you know, there's obviously social rules that we have to follow, but just by being yourself and unapologetically being yourself, it's amazing how many opportunities you can just unlock for others without even meeting them. Um, there are, are a lot of examples when I was growing up of people that I saw on TV. Um, for example, when I was growing up, I like was obsessed with the real world and there were all these different <laughs> characters in the real world <laughs> that I could see living this authentic, you know, as authentic as it could be for that show. Right. But these different realities that I had no access to in a small town and it really gave me hope for what the future could be like. So as an adult now, um, and in these books, being brave, being courageous, no matter who you are, is such an important aspect of life and, uh, you know, how we show up for each other in a society, too. You know, I love this because and what, one of the things that you said was that then by you being brave and being your authentic self in all aspects of your life, you are giving encouragement to other people to do the same and not just gay people, but just pe- people in general. I think... I think we're all different in some kind of way. I think the, 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 the fake part is when we create this idea that there's similarity, that we're all the same. It's like, no, we're all different, just in different ways. And so, but we, we're so afraid of that, you know, as a society, we're so afraid of that. That's something that um, 
we talk a lot about in my coaching practice, Catalyst Coaching, we, we talk about having the courage to <clears throat> be your authentic self and the importance to recognize that we live as role models. Every single day, whether we're mm-hmm. telling people or not, people are watching us and they're, they're seeing what's possible by watching our lives. And so stepping into that role model um, mode or role, I guess, is, is so important because that's how the world changes when people see what's possible. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I would say, you know, one of the, Tying back to the books, um, the second book that I wrote is called Jesse the Nessie, Please Come Out. And the story is actually like mini autobiographical. You know, um, I have the character is shy and afraid to be seen because in the book, they're afraid that the um, the people that are searching for them are going to be un- unkind and, and cruel. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the story, there's a little boy that's searching for Jesse and the boy falls over into the water and Jesse risks being seen to save him and put him on the shore um, and then kind of disappears back into the water. And the message of the book is that sometimes it's braver to be seen than to be afraid of others being mean. And the real message there is just that, you know, you got to be seen in order to make a difference. And even just be, the act of being seen and being authentic is enough to potentially save someone's life. And that's kind of what I've learned um, as an adult in this community is the importance of visibility as it relates to people that are still, you know, kind of locked in the shadows or locked in their own castles that they've built, you know, around their hearts, you know, that's almost what it feels like when you're, you know, you're growing up uh, gay in a small place, you, you really build up your defenses to survive. And so mm-hmm. by being an adult and being able to share this and, and live that, um, you're, you're allowing people to kind of start breaking down their own walls and doing the same thing. And that's kind of, you know, I, I, try, I often tell myself, like, I wish I could just go back in time and give the younger version of me a hug and just a glimpse into the future <laughs> just to see that things are going to be okay, you know. And I, we can't do that. None of us really can. But what I can do is show up for that um, kid in – all walks of my life and in every aspect of my life. And these books are just one manifestation of that. See, I love that. I love, again, that through line, anything is possible. You know, anything is possible. We can watch other people achieving, you know, their dreams as their authentic self, you know, just live in large, right? And it gives everyone else permission Sometimes we feel like we yes. need permission from, uh, from who or where, I have no idea, but we need permission <laughs> to, like, you know, shine bright. You know what? I actually answer that for myself. The permission that we need is from ourselves. We yes. need to give ourselves permission. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's so, we are in so much control of the way that we see the world and how we show up in it, and it is a matter of giving yourself permission and being like, you know what? I give you the permission to, to do this and to not worry about how it's going to look or what people are going to think, you know, like if it feels good to you and you know that it's coming from a place of like, you know, authenticity and, and, and bringing light into the world, then, you know, that's what matters. Right. And, and that's important work too and hard work to, to really examine our, our beliefs and our motives 
um, to make sure that we are um, living our life congruent to our values and that what we're trying to put out there is for good. It's for service to other people. And the most successful people, I think, are the ones that do live in service. Their ideas come from solving a problem or helping a person. And, and that's what you've done with your books. It's, it's, it's from such a big heart of service and helping um, other people. And I do think that, um, you know, one of the things, we've all had people be mean to us in one way or another. I mean, let me tell you what, growing up the chunky girl wasn't the easiest thing either, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, and even people that we, the funny thing is people that we look at and we think, they just got it made in the shade and they never had any trouble and nobody was ever mean to them. When you get them to break down their walls, you find out that they're just like us. They, somebody was mean about something. Sometimes the mean person is themselves though, right? We can be the meanest critic of our own selves. And so that's where this work about, you know, working on our mindset and filling our soul with good nutrition. You know, this is the, we just had the, the new year, right? And so, so many people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to change this and change that, and I'm going to eat like this and run like that and lose this weight and all this stuff. And it's like they, the huge part of it is not just what you put in your body, but it's what you put in your brain and in, in your soul, yes. what you expose yourself to, the people, the conversations that you have, the books that you read, the things that you watch on TV, the video games you play, hello. I mean, all of that is our diet for our heart and soul. And we, and you know, I would say people need to be reading the unknownables. I have a hard time saying that word um, <laughs> as a really good diet for their heart and soul. Now I want to dig more into these characters in these books and what's next for you, but we are going to take a quick um, commercial break for our sponsor recognition. So I want to recognize and and uh, honor one of our sponsors. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Like you, Miss Diane Callahan, with the lighthearted life as a sponsor as well. And now back to your show. Thank you, Michelle. Um, welcome back to the lighthearted life. And with us today is our leading man, Nick Hamry, and we're talking about his amazing series of books that help us to be brave and authentic in our lives. And Nick, when, when we when we left off for our commercial break, we were talking about um, Jesse Vanessi. And I think Jesse, Jesse just has a sweet place in my heart because the whole idea of being, allowing yourself to be seen, even when you're scared that people might be mean to you or when you have had a history of people being mean to you, and we all have had that. It's so, I mean, that connects with all of us because at the deepest core level, that's what we want, right? We want to be seen. We want to make an impact in the world. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that being seen is crucial to helping others. Um, I also think it's extremely brave. And, you know, sometimes being seen by yourself and just seeing yourself in the right light is, you know, like you mentioned before that, you know, sometimes like we, we're in control of our thoughts. And I think sometimes the bravest thing you can do is just wake up in the morning and give yourself permission to kind of silence some of those negative thoughts if you have them and work to try and walk in the light and, um, and treat yourself like, like your best friend would treat you, you know, and, and talk to yourself like your best friend would treat you. Um, the character is so special because, like I said before, you know, by being seen, you can save a life. And I really mean that. I, I believe in the power of, of that statement. I agree with you. I think that um, it's the bravest thing of all. And whatever, you know, our issue is, right, or whatever our fear is, there's so much, oh, my gosh, the, the explosion of power and confidence and love and joy when we step out. And, and we allow ourselves to be seen. You know, I recently did, um, uh, I was recently at a women's conference and I did a talk about beauty. And basically it was called Beauty is a Bitch. <laughs> because <laughs> the, <laughs> the concept of beauty, you know, it's really, as, as society frames it, is really, um, she's a liar and she's, she's takes things away from us. I mean, she's, I can't think of the word right now. You know, I have chemo brain sometimes, but She's such a liar and a thief because we get pigeonholed, all of us do, into a standard that's been shoved down our throat um, for decades and decades and more so now than ever with social media. And, I mean, you can't turn anywhere without having something put into your head about how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to be. And so I did this talk about beauty. And here I am. I'm in my 50s. I am not skinny. I've gone through cancer three times. So, you know, not every square inch, and there's a lot of them, not every square inch of this body is uh, TikTok worthy. Let me just say that. And so I got up on the stage. I was wearing a dress with a blazer over it, and um, the dress was uh, sleeveless. And that's how I normally go about my life. If I I need to cover my arms, right, because that's the woman's biggest, uh, one of the biggest problem areas as you get older. Uh, young women listening to this, I suggest that you keep your arms um, firm and in nicely in shape so that you don't have this issue. I wanted to overcome my fear, actually, that people would be mean to me because they would think certain things of me because of the way my arms mm-hmm. look. So halfway through the talk, I gathered up all my courage, and I said, I'm going to do something that no one's ever seen me do before. And I took that jacket off right there on the stage. And I put my arms out and I said, you know what, you know, what's funny. These are only arms. They're just arms. (laughs) Everybody's got them. They're arms. And, and what I talked about is what is the purpose of things like our arms and our hands? The purpose of our bodies is to experience life and do life with other people. So arms are meant to, you know, hold people, wrap your arms around them, hug them, hands are to hold hands and pull them through their own struggles. And so we get so caught up in how we're supposed to look and act and be that we judge ourselves first. We judge yes. ourselves worse than any, what anybody else would ever do. And so I, I, I mention that because I just love that the, 
the the through line of your books is really about embracing life and embracing light and joy and and things like that. And and that's why I love a good children's book that is really almost more for the adults than the children, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because... you know, that's part of it is that, I, you know, the whole message of it is to really facilitate or the goal of it too is also to facilitate, you know, quality time between parents and kids. My parents always read to me. So I, I see that, you know, and I'm, and I want to have everyone else to have that experience because I mentioned before that it was hard growing up, you know, in a small town and everything, but um, my parents made home a safe spot, you know, and reading before bed was one of those safe spots. And I remember all of those stories still. So I instill that in what I'm doing. And it's fun when the parents can kind of see the underlying meaning in it too, and take things from it, like you were saying. And I totally understand what you're talking about with what you just shared, because I mean, I spent, gosh, this is something I struggle with, but like even going to the gym, like I, I feel like I have to almost work out on my own before I go to the gym because everyone there is so fit. And then you have to tell yourself, no one is looking at you, right? Like people are, or if they're looking at you, they're not looking at you through the lens that you see yourself, you know, that everyone's there to be better and you, but it's really hard. Like you were saying in our world where we are constantly, you know, we're, we're thinking about beauty and very, um, strict terminal, you know, terms, it's really important for us to, to silence those things and be like, well, what's your personality? What's your soul like? You know, cause that's what matters. And, and that's what people, mm-hmm. you know, respond to. I mean, you, your, your looks are such a small component of what inspires other people and, you know, and what brings people to you, you know, and, but it's definitely challenging. So, I mean, that was super brave, and that's a great example of what we're talking about. Thank you, Nick. I, I really love that your mission with writing these books and creating these characters is to, to really build literacy and, like you were saying, focus on family time and family reading time because especially with books like this, you know, it, I love – well, I love books one whole statement, but I love books that spark conversation, you know, and so you imagine reading these books, um, a kid reading these books with their parents, you know, there's a great opportunity to talk about, well, have you ever thought people would be mean or have people ever been mean? Have you been mean to anybody? I mean, there's so, that's the coach in me, right? Uh, There's so many deeper digging questions that you can get into, (laughs) but really it's a, it's a vehicle for opening the door to those, conversations because sometimes even with our family we feel ashamed you know like that we're scared or ashamed that that maybe we're not the most popular person at school or that people have been teasing us and we don't know how to talk about that and and it's not like kids are just going to say hey you know today at school I mean some of them do some of them just blurt it out but a lot of kids already have understood that what we do in our society is we internalize the shame and we keep it inside Mm -hmm. ourselves. And that's when it starts to fester and really create those, those tapes in our head that 30 years later, when you're in counseling, you have to start unpacking, right? (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you read my mind. You're speaking, you're speaking the Brene Brown Bible because what she always (laughs) says is that, you know, the only cure to empathy or to shame is empathy. So by facilitating the ability to share these things, 
shame can't exist in a culture of sharing because shame requires darkness and being locked away to fester. So if we can get everyone on board with sharing how they're feeling, being authentic, being brave, being courageous, you know, then I think a lot of the problems that we are seeing in people may eventually start to dissipate. And that's my hope and my wish for the future generations, our current generation, you know, let's let go of the shame. Let's be walking in empathy with each other and let's start to, you know, I don't know, let's start to be happier and brighter people by being courageous and brave. I love it. I love every word you just spoke. I love it so much. I think especially, you know, it's interesting right now with this pandemic and two years now of COVID impact, all of it, you know, illness, mental illness, financial illness, I mean, all of the impact of it. And my hope is that people have, are, are not wanting to go, quote, back to normal, but they want mm-hmm. something better. They want something bigger. They want something more glorious and authentic and real in their lives. And I think, you know, I imagine, again, I imagine a, a, a kid with his mom or dad or uncle or grandpa or whoever it is reading these books and maybe then the adult could say, you know, I've been really scared about this. And, I mean, not in a way that's going to torture the child, but you know what I mean? Like, I've been really scared that I won't have a house. I mean, you probably don't want to right. say that. But I, I've been One example of authenticity that can be filtered in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have, you have to be age appropriate, right? But <laughs> right. To, be, to show that it's okay to have fears or concerns and that, but the important thing is it's true. We have to recognize that feeling. We have to honor it. And then we have to figure out, but what, what do we need to do about it? What should we do? And those conversations I mean, the conversations change the world. In fact, I just was watching last night on 60 Minutes, I believe it was. Have you heard of an um, uh, organization called StoryCorps? No, I have not. Nick? Okay. Nick, listeners, everybody, I want you to go online and look up. It's StoryCorps. It's S-T-O-R-Y-C-O-R-P-S. And it's this guy who came up with this idea uh, many years ago, and and they've just expanded and expanded. It's about the it's about this very thing that we're doing right now, Nick. It's about the power of conversation, and how mm. if you can sit with someone, especially if you can sit with someone who has a different background or a different mindset or a different political affiliation, you know, and and have a simple conversation where you find a commonality. Those are the conversations that are going to change the world because yes. then we can see people for who they really are as humans and we could say, hey, you know what? I totally don't believe what you're – I don't believe in what you're saying. I don't stand behind that, but that's cool. You do you. I do me. You're still a great person. I'm still a great person, and we can live in harmony even if we don't – I mean, we can't possibly be in lockstep with our – opinions and our beliefs and everything. So what, what I think this COVID time has taught us and with all the different social unrest and um, uh, racial issues is that we've got to break it down. We've got to have these conversations. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I agree completely. And I I think that um, 
what a cool organization that you shared. I'm definitely going to check that out. I mean, it, it goes in line with everything we're talking about. I think that how I want to show up for people is, you know, I want to be heard and understood when I'm talking, but in order to earn or to receive that, I have to be able to recognize that need in others, right? And so I think that yes. a lot of the times right now we feel like it's like we're we're yelling we're yelling at each other and we're yelling at walls because we're not we're we're saying our point and then we may not be listening to what the other side is saying and instead we're building our argument back at them, right? Instead of absorbing yes. what the other side is saying or what we shouldn't even say the other side, what our other participant in the conversation is saying, and it's really important to, you don't have to agree, but it's important to absorb in the very minimum, the, uh, you know, empathy cues that can be found in the conversation mm -hmm. so that you can speak to the real thing there. Because I think, you know, going back to everything that we we're talking about before, I think that as adults, we can often spend our lifetimes trying to correct the things that happened to us when we were younger. And so yes. it's really important to kind of recognize, you know, I say that I, you know, I'm fighting for the young version of myself. Um, and I think that to some degree, everyone's doing that in their adult life. They may just not realize it, you know? And so you almost kind of have to speak to that younger person inside of someone and learn to recognize those signs so that you can yes. kind of see the root cause of things, you know, and, and, and not take it so personally because, you, you know, it's never about you. No matter how, no. you know, rough a conversation might be when someone's talking to you, it's never really about you. And people are just really looking for the opportunity to be understood and to be heard. And it's amazing how far that goes when, when we can Amen. properly have these conversations, you know? Amen. Let me, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, the third book in the series is Biggie the Book, Bigfoot, Where Are You? Oh, no, excuse me. What are you doing? Sorry about that. And <laughs> yes. it, no, it really touches on the um, power of friendship and the magic it, ends, it, it adds to our life. And so I encourage you, everyone, go to Amazon and get your copies of these beautiful, beautifully illustrated books. And they're, um, Nick, I'm really excited because you're coming out with Spanish versions of all of them and hardbacks of all of them with the hope that you're going to get these into schools and, and get these um, available to kids everywhere. So, Nick, Tell me, tell our listeners, where can they find you if they want to find you? Yeah, so as of right now, um, you could actually just type in in your search bar on Amazon, Nick Hamry, that's N-I-C-K-H-A-M-R-E, and the books will pop up there. You can also type in Unknown Almost into that search bar, and the books will come up that way as well. So sometimes Nick, Nick would probably be a little bit easier for people on the podcast because they <laughs> see my name. So. Uh, yeah, there you have it. You're absolutely right. There's going to be there is currently a Spanish and bilingual version of Betty, and there's going to be the same setup for the other two books by the end of the month. So I'm super excited, and part of the whole mission is you know facilitating these positive messages not only for English speakers but for Spanish speakers as well, so that we can make sure to to be equitable and to be getting the message out there. I love it, Nick. I love it so much. And listeners, that is our show for today. I want to say thank you to our guest, Nick Camry, for being our leading man, and a big, special, huge thanks to all of our listeners in the United States, but also across the globe, because we're an international show now. And we'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio Show Mondays at 9 a.m. and Fridays at 2 p.m. And it's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. 
of the lighthearted life. And thank you for listening. And I hope that you go out and make it a great day and look for the ways that you can find connection and friendship and show up as your most brave and authentic self. That's it for today. Have a great one. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.